Welcome to Combinations, the podcast from the North Staffordshire Combined Healthcare NHS Trust, and today we're going to be delving into the world of quality improvement. On today's podcast, we have Jane Beasley from the QI team, or Quality Improvement, and she's going to be talking to us about the whys, the big impact it's had on Combined, and why everyone needs a little bit of quality improvement. And with all that said, I'd like to introduce our special guest today, Jane. Thank you, Kyle. Um, I'm so happy to be here and so happy to get started on a recording podcast about QI. Um, and just before we started this recording, I said to Kyle, do you know, this is my first time. This is my flipping first time. So I'm feeling a kind of a mixture of nerves and excitement all at once. So if you can hear that in my voice and uh, and uh, stuttering in my voice, that's what <laughs> you can hear. Um, so yeah, I'm Jane Beasley, the lead for QI at Combined. And uh, I have a colleague, uh, Lisa Bellamy uh, at Combined, and we are the Combined team um, leading quality improvement. But actually, all the staff at Combined are quality improvement team members. So yeah, that's us. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) So the first question I have for you is, what is QI? For any new listeners who don't know what QI is, can you explain it in the most basic and easy way for everyone to understand? Yeah. Um, So quality improvement is about giving people closest to the issue, uh, affecting care, the time, the permission, the tools and the resources to resolve them in their daily work. And it involves a logical, coordinated approach to problem solving. And therefore, people can demonstrate a measurable improvement in the change that they are seeking. So it's simply about that. It's a method and and an approach to bring in about effective, measurable change. And it focuses on what matters to you in your daily work and your your patients, their families and carers. So that's what it's about. We're all trying to do the best that we can for the people that we serve. And we're all continuously trying to improve. But not every trust has a dedicated team to support people with their endeavours. So, Jane, what is the aim of the QI team at Combined? So, yes, we have an aim, as you'd expect with the QI team. Every project or piece of work has an aim. So our aim is to embed QI into the daily work at Combined so that it is something that everyone can do um, and it just seems natural. So that's our overarching aim. And to deliver that aim, we think of it in three pieces. And, you know, our staff will have, you know, staff working at Combine will have seen these already. So we've got a whole suite of QI training courses that people can access from one hour drop ins to improvement leader programs that run over six months period. So there's something for everyone. So we've got training and education, so building people's skills up, giving some insights into what they could do uh, to move their challenges forward in their daily work. And then 
Our second focus really is about supporting individual projects that the trust is aiming to move forward in align with their priorities. So an example of that will be safe wards. So we've been working with Rob Stilato, um, uh, moving that agenda forward. And the third thing, which is where the podcast falls into it, is sharing the success and sharing the learning. Because what we're finding is that actually people are doing great work, but not everyone's hearing about it. So we're not getting that sustainability and spread of that great work. So part of the reason for podcasting really is to give people the opportunity to share the great work that they're doing and the improvements that they've made. So those three things really, the training and the education, um, the sustainability and the spread, and the embedding it in daily work, working on key projects within the trust. Yeah, so that's that's our aim. So as a QI cycle, as you've said, the stages there that, that, that build up uh, the quality improvement, uh, do you ever revisit the improvements after they've been put in place? Yeah, really good question. So one of the things about continuous quality improvement, and sometimes you'll notice it referred to as that, is this cycle of so you've got a standard, you've, you may uh, have a new pathway for patients to follow, you may have designed a new clinic, a new one-stop clinic. Occasionally as a team, you'll stand back and you'll audit yourself against that standard. It, just in a simple, simple way, are we maintaining the improvement? Are we holding, holding this position? And in looking at that, you might even see further improvements that you want to make. So yeah, it's this continuous cycle. Um, are we are we doing what we say we're going to do? And if not, let's have a look and understand why that might not be. And it's that that culture that continuously looking and reflecting on what's going well, um, picking up on the areas that are perhaps not going quite so well, and then thinking about how you might resolve them together as a team. So it sounds like your service is fairly new to combined and it's uh, coming in and making everything better. You spoke there about it being clinical teams and wards, but does the quality improvement go over the whole of the trust? Would this uh, you know, end up in finance? Would it come into even us, the communications team? Yes, good point. <laughs> um, so looking when you're looking to make a change, it could be anywhere within the trust. It could be finance, HR, communications, you might have a problem that you want to resolve. QI is uh, approaches are applicable to anything. So you could have an entire big project that you want to do, but you could have just one small change that you want to bring about. You might want to be more efficient. Um, you might want to uh, reduce the time that something takes. So that's appropriate for all of us, isn't it, in our work? Uh, and at home sometimes, certainly for me, <laughs> could do with a little bit of help. So I always think of QI as like a layer. It's a, a, an added set of tools that you'll have in your, your toolbox if you want to improve something, you know. Um, I expect everyone to learn about them and then use them. And then we provide coaching and mentoring for people that are um, using the tools. Perhaps an example would be 
Uh, a person might be going to do some process mapping, which is a common QI tool with their team to look at the process of um, referral management, for example. And they might say, well, Jane, I've never done this before. You know, this is um, a flipping first time for me. <laughs> so will you, will you come on, you know, online, uh, show me how to uh, process map virtually, or would you come and meet with me um, and go through how we will do this, you know, with post-its in the room on the day so that they feel confident as a facilitator of process mapping to take their team through it. So, yeah, kind of things that we, uh, Lisa and I offer. I'm just thinking there because I've worked in companies in the past where they've had an audit team. How different or similar is QI to an audit team? Yeah, um, very different, but connected. So with an audit, you have a standard. So with an audit, you've already got a standard operating procedure and someone comes along and checks against that. So it's like a set of rules, essentially. So what you're saying is an audit team follows a set of rules. As QI are a little bit more flexible, they look at a, a certain yeah. improvement and it's it's more flexible on how you improve it. And it's not to that standard. So it's. Yeah. So an audit team, uh, as a result of an audit, you might identify some areas of improvement. And that's where you begin on your QI approach. That's how they connect. That's how they dovetail. So you've got some baseline data. You know things aren't going quite so well and you need to make some improvements. Quite often we find QI emerges from innovation and ideas that a member of staff um, or admin team may have where they work. So there's no audit. There is no standard. There's just a process or something that continually fails or just slightly annoys you. It's a bit like that pebble in your shoe. <laughs> You're thinking, oh, can't we just resolve this because I'm having to do rework every day. I'm having to go pick up, you know, extra calls or recall that person or send extra letters out to service users because the system is not connecting well or it's not working well. So sometimes it's less about the audit and the quality improvements that come um, from auditing against a standard. It's more about what matters to you, what's going not so well <laughs> where you work and what do we need to, to change there? So I think that's the difference between, so audit, there is a connection, there's a dovetail uh, to the back end of, so what do we need to do? And I think quite often that's where QI comes in with action plans as well. You know, we have uh, a piece of work that's done and then there's a set of action plans. Well, how do we bring those to life? How do we actually move that forward? And that's why that toolbox of QI tools and techniques can help a person, <laughs> whoever they are. <laughs> so with with a team, then if a team had a problem, would it be a bit of both? Would you have the audit team and the QI or would it strictly just be ah, this problem falls into something that the QI team can sort or is it is it one or the other or is it both? Ah, so, yeah, the problem might be have been uh, been uh, raised, if you like, by the audit team. And uh, the problem might be raised by just a member of the team thinking we've got a, a problem with this referral process because we don't know what happens to the people that do not attend, for example. So 
Um, most often the QI projects that we're dealing with at the moment are coming from people finding glitches in their daily work and saying, hmm, not so not so keen with that. Let's remodel how we uh, deliver the lithium monitoring service, for example, is one that I've been working on recently. So it's um, it is quite different from audit. And another crucial difference is that um, in audit, there is a baseline measure and then another measure. What we see in measurement for improvement is the monitoring of something over time. So once you put a change in place, you'll be mo monitoring that daily or weekly to see whether that change has resulted in improvement. So the measurement component is different. You've not in audit quite often you get two sets of measures. OK, if you order it, the audit it the next year or next six months, you'll get another set of measures and another set of measures. But the measurement for improvement is is different in that it's measuring something over time. Yeah. So it sounds like with audit, they have their check in points like every six months, every 12 months. I guess, is it more flexible with quality improvement? You set your own goals. Yeah. So as we're going through the process, we use something called the model for improvement. And the first question is, what are you trying to accomplish? Um, and the second question is, how will you know that that change is an improvement? So you'll see there that that second question is all about measurement and it has three bits to it. Um, and we go into that in detail when you come on our training programme. So different types of measures that you'll use. So we don't like to um, frighten people off with too much measurement talk <laughs> because it does sound that like it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to be very difficult. But measurement for improvement is very easy. It's about measuring what matters close to the improvement that you're actually putting into place. Um, so it's not like audit. We don't we're not we haven't got a standard that we're measuring against. It's just measuring the thing that you're trying to improve over time. So, yeah, measurement is a key part. So it does sound like you work very closely with the audit team and it's good to get to know to see where you sit as well because obviously I know a lot of the staff would know about the audit team but it's introducing them to some quality improvements. I would like to talk about some success stories that you have but before we get into that I want to know how things are progressing in your team and how things are going. Yeah so we're, we're really pleased um, things are going well. We are focused we focused initially on getting all the training programs up and running because if we're going to build capability and school skills and people are going to know what these tools are then you know we've got to have some training for people to come along too so there are um, lots of training programs available so that has gone well our um, movement into spread the spreading the good work begins now with these podcasts and uh just really going to start interviewing and having recording conversations with clinicians who've delivered improvements or, and sharing them so that if one ward or one community team has got a new process that works really well, then another team can have a look at that, adapt and adopt that for themselves. So we think it's going really well. We've got really good 
strong connections across um, our local patch, Staffordshire and Stoke-on-Trent, working with GP practices, working with UHNM, working with MPFT colleagues who have all got QI teams, starting to work together and share our successes. So, yeah. Do and QI teams share? So you've got all the trust with their own QI teams. Do you guys have like a, well, essentially a group chat where you can talk and, and you know, communicate with each other? Or is there a, an element of social there or? Yeah, so there's a new, um, uh, into, it's called an integrated care system network. A bit more formal up. than a group chat then. Yeah, so we have two, there's two meetings. There's a kind of a, a formal version um, where we connect into a quality and safety committee. But actually next week we are launching on the 17th, we are launching our QI network and that is informal. And in that session, we will be having conversations with participants about what they want from the network um, and how we can run it to uh, keep all our energy and excitement about QI going, share our successes. QI people are uh, notoriously good at sharing <laughs> and nobody um, thinks this is mine, I'm not sharing this slide deck or I'm not sharing this quote or I'm, everyone shares everything. Um, and so through that network, we're hoping to support each other and share our good ideas and our innovations in and around QI. So that's coming up and uh, I think uh, watch this space for that. So it sounds like the, the quality improvement network is its own quality improvement in itself with having its sharing of resources. So what it sounds like is that quality improvement is big. Um, even though there's only two members of staff in our trust, it sounds you know pretty big in, in, the, in the, the schemes of things. What is next for you in the QI team? You've mentioned podcasting, but is there, is there more to come? Uh, yeah. Um, there is more to come. As I said, we've got the network, the sharing network, more podcasts, and I think more celebrating the success, celebrating the, I can't get my words around that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, um, more celebrating the success, I still can't do it. Success, <laughs> celebrating their success. <laughs> there we go. Of, of people and the great work that they do. Because the thing that continuously amazes me is how passionate people are about improving things for service users, um, carers, families. When they see something that could be different and could be better, they do step forward. So I think what is next really is supporting them to complete and demonstrate that changes and improvement by using measures using QI tools and techniques and then sharing that because I don't know about you but I I believe something and it becomes part of the way I might do something if if it resonates with me if the story is from another clinician another administrator it's not about me telling those stories it's really about the people that did the work telling those stories and sharing them and then as another clinician, I might then pick those up and, and go and think that's a great idea, I'll do those. 
so QI, a big thing about QI is sharing the work. <laughs> That's part of my role, sharing the work. And in terms of like sharing the, I mean, you say you share the good stories, but when you share your um, elements of QI, is it you share the problem as well and you talk about how it's been improved or do you just explain like the massive and changes improvements that QI have done for the team? Yeah, we like to show um, what the, we like to be clear about what the aim was. If we're, we're not clear about the aim, we, we would like to show how the team understood the problem in order to get a clear aim. We'd like to show the measures, what they measured to demonstrate that the change was an improvement. And we'd like to show the result. So the whole pathway of what they did and the tools that they use, because if we tell the whole story, people can see how they might take a QI approach to their work. And how I like to think of it as this, when we think of QI, where another set of tools, we're also a culture of looking for continuous quality improvement. And people think of it, is it just a QI project? And I would say, yeah, maybe 25% of our work is actually pro, um, focusing on projects, if you think of it of a pie chart. But the rest of the time in our daily work, the way that we lead teams and engage with people, we can also use QI tools and techniques because the tools work. I'm just thinking as, you, as you're talking about it, 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 it QI is almost making me ask a question. It's a bit like when I've worked on my car in the past and you've had a problem and you fixed it, but that also when you sometimes fix a problem causes you to notice other problems. Is that the same thing with QI? Can you fix one problem and then it release a couple more or, you know, is there is there a knock on effect? Yes, it does do that because, for instance, if we aren't quite sure about what's going on, we might use a tool and technique. Um, I'll give an example. I'll stick with process mapping. You might map the process, but in thinking that that was the underlying cause or problem that you wanted to address, you then discover that it wasn't. <laughs> It was just a symptom. It is like that car, isn't it? So we've got something here that's knocking or making a noise. But actually, when we look down, it, it's nothing to do with that. It's something a little bit further, deeper into the engine yeah. or further up the chain um, that is um, found to be the real root of the problem or a contributing factor. And I think what's interesting about what you've just raised is in healthcare, Everything's like a web. So if you if you tinker with one thing, there's a consequence somewhere else. And we we're always mindful of that in QI that there could be an un unintended consequence. And that's yeah. part of the, the thinking process that we get people to go through. What else is happening here? That deeper dive. Is there ever you reminded me when you said knocking knocking like sounds? I was thinking, oh, what happened to my car recently was I sent it to the garage to find this knocking sound, and obviously they'd heard a different one and they found a different sound. Has that ever happened in QR? You've gone somewhere for to fix an issue, but then realize there's a bigger one that you need to fix first. Yes, and um, quite it's a bit often. of a weird question, but no, it's not really. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give the analogy of sort of more like Russian dolls. So <laughs> this is 
I hope this works, this metaphor. So quite often you'll be working on a piece of work and that is one of the dolls inside this whole suite of Russian dolls. So they might be an overall global aim statement for a piece of work, but that you're working on one line or one part of that pathway. And actually you can't progress that any further until other pieces of work have gone forward or some bigger issue as addressed. So that quite often happens when we're talking about IT. Because we might want to improve something, but we can't tweak an entire IT system. It has to go back into that bigger conversation elsewhere and be raised as an issue. And there might be a potential solution there. So some of the things are not within our gift to resolve and we're part of those Rus Russian dolls all nestled within each other. Um, so yeah, Russian well, dolls that, that analogy. <laughs> the IT analogy you used, like with talking about the systems and all that, does also show collaboration with quality improvement and the other teams like projects and I guess the HISS to, okay. to show the collaboration of working, how you've now got a problem that you're going to have to involve other teams in. It's not just to do with the staff or the, the service itself. It's actually, right, we need to speak to the other departments and let them know of this and, and try and work through a change. Mm. And that's right. And quite often when um, maybe an administrator or clinician comes forward with an idea, part of the QI team's role is to chat to them and say, so who are, who else is involved? Um, who are the other stakeholders is the posh word. Who are, who are all the people that contribute to this and who else might you need to talk to? Because sometimes it's possible to just think it's just us <laughs> and just we can just do this and make this change. Just, just you two making those changes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there are a whole lot of people. I'll trust it is really good. Um, we have a we have a great performance team. We have great digital teams. We have innovation. We have audit. So there are a whole lot of support services out there for our frontline workers to call upon. And QI team is just one of those. So it's helping people get the best support to get them on the right path straight away for the project and the change challenge that they want to address. So we've talked about what is QI, what the aims that combined are. We've seen how you're progressing. We've compared you to the audit team. But have you got any stories you'd like to share from your work already? Like any good, like quick wins or something you're, you know, that was good that you worked on recently? I think um, there's one this week that I was working on. Um, so fairly recent then. Yeah. <laughs> So we were just doing a simple piece, a simple piece. We were um, putting down into a process map. Um, we were doing this virtually. Um, the new lithium monitoring clinic. Um, it's a one stop clinic now and has a different structure to the previous structure. And the, the clinicians involved have already got this up and running so that it's not they're right in the infancy of it, but actually there's no map of it. And what was interesting to me by just talking to them and putting the post-its down, they could see 
potential areas that they would want to improve even now. So even when they think they've got it right, because they've already designed it, through the mapping, they can see, oh, not everyone's clear on what we should be doing in this clinic. Or, oh, this form takes far too long to complete. We need to do some work around that. And it just gave them clarity. So I think for me, the success in that one hour piece of work I was doing with them was actually gave them clarity of their next steps. So not everything is um, kind of whiz bang, <laughs> super exciting. It's more like just polishing it off, like polishing it's, it's about giving people insights to and then um, that process map can be shared amongst their entire team and the mm -hmm. whole team can engage in that and say, actually, I can see something else missing there or I could see something else we could further improve. I think we can all relate to quality improvement because I'm just thinking about as you're talking about this, like how other things where sometimes you've got something that works, it's great, it works. But then when you stop and you look at it, you're like, actually, this this could be better. It could be more streamlined. Mm -hmm. And the the way that we're trying to help is actually saying there are some tools and techniques or ways of thinking where we encourage you to stop before you start <laughs> and yeah. have a real look at what's going here going on here so quite often someone will come and say i want to implement something okay i want to implement a new form in my team for a particular task and I'll say, OK, so you're going into implementation. So what was the problem that you were trying to solve? And there's quite often a some silence because this this new form may not be the only possible way of solving this problem. <laughs> there might be more than one. So we need to understand the problem before we go careering ahead with a solution, a silver yeah. bullet solution which in actual fact might end up potentially with some disengagement of your entire team if that silver bullet solution that you're so passionate about does not um, result in an improvement. So there is almost a, oh, hang on, let's stop before we start that first question at the top of the model for improvement. So what are we trying to accomplish? To be able to set mm -hmm. an aim, a, a, a measurable aim, a how much, by when, you need to understand what the underlying problem is. And so that we spend a lot of time in QI, not only um, training people on the tools and techniques, but coaching people and to say, OK, so what's the problem that you're trying to solve? Let's be clear. And if we mm -hmm. get that first, it's like a lot of things that we do in life, isn't it? If we get that first step right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm relating to a lot of the stuff you're saying, because I was thinking back when when we were in lockdown, like things that made massive improvements, like um, I had a problem where there'd just be litter like on a desk. And I'm like, why is the litter on the desk? And then I realized if I bought myself a bin for each room, that was my quality improvement because I, I, I was thinking, what can change my life? And you kick yourself after it because you're like, if I had known when I moved in, I needed a bin in each room, I'd never would have had this problem. So the QI team is essentially the team you don't realize you need. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I bet you have a lot of metaphors and 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 things that you say like QI little almost like chat lines, but uh, for the teams, yeah. strap lines. I think is what I meant yeah. to say. And and that's you don't think you don't 
you don't know what you don't know. Mm. <laughs> and so that is why we try to share other people's stories about how they used the tools, techniques and thinking processes and applied it to their work. Because then that's a light bulb moment. Oh, maybe actually I could use that with my team. I'm having difficulty getting them to engage with moving the action plans to this audit forward. <laughs> and so could I use some a QI approach to this and um, have some fun with it? Because it is fun and it is about engagement. engagement. You can't lead QI on your own. You can't lead an improvement project by yourself because everything is relational. Um, and so it's a lot about engagement and working with others. I say probably 95% of the QI tools in our tool bags are about engagement and working with others. Mm. So that is a good overall of QI. We've got to know it in this combination podcast. My question is to you is if anyone is listening in North Combined wants to, you know, throw a problem that they have and want to question the QI team, can they do that? Is there someone they can contact? Yes, yeah, you can contact myself, Jane Beasley, or Lisa Bellamy on Teams, or you can email us. And if you go onto LMS, you will see us heavily promoting um, our all our training programs. There's something in there for everyone, and I really mean everyone, corporate teams, any member of staff at combined even estates yes definitely definitely estates that would be fantastic piece of work yeah um every day is a school day for everybody then (laughs) yeah it is yeah we never stop learning and uh yeah just get in touch uh if you're unsure about what training program might be for you and you just want uh, a one-to-one conversation get in touch we have drop-in sessions or we'll book some time out for you so we can explore how best we can help. Um, At the end of the day, Lisa and I, our ethos is um, we want to help um, give our frontline staff all the skills and confidence to make the changes that they want to make with service users, uh, families and carers to be the best that we can be. And that is all that we kind of exist for. That's our kind of passion. You know, let's get these tools out there. Let's see what we can do. Let's see how we can help uh, people. So, yeah, that's us. So come and talk to us. Love to hear from you. Well, it's been great to have you on the Combinations podcast, Jane. Um, So thank you so much for coming along and sharing an insight to the quality improvement. And uh, I hope to hear and see some of the improvements that you and your team can make in the future. Thank you very much. So that was Jane Beasley, a member from the quality improvement team. And she, of course, has given us a great insight to how quality improvement works in the workplace. However, I also feel like we can all think about quality improvement and things about that we can change in our daily routines. Obviously, we don't need a team to intervention with our problems, but you can think about a problem and see if you can introduce something to quality improve your own lives. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Combinations podcast. If you're not following already, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. And that is the end of the Combinations podcast hosted at the North Staffordshire Combined Healthcare NHS Trust.